Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to episode 21 of the Simply Convivial audio blog. And now for a short but meaty focus session to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Classical education is for life. In season four, we'll explore what classical education means and why it matters. Virtue as the goal of education. Although the idea of classical homeschooling can be intimidating and appear unreachable, it is far more down-to-earth than we might think. This task is not too lofty for us, homeschooling moms with households to run. In fact, our very lifestyles are an asset, not a hindrance. As Sarah McKenzie wrote in the post, You Are More Classical Than You Think, Often, the most meaningful changes take place not when we overhaul our entire lifestyle, but rather when we make a subtle shift in paradigm. The goal we pursue is one such subtle shift that we must make. If you've ever thought that you needed to focus more on character than your curriculum checklist, you might be more classical than you think. We all pick up our ideas about what education is and what it is for from the education that we received and from the way that we were raised. This leads to confusion whenever we encounter classical ideas about education because we're using the same word and sometimes similar practices, but for very different purposes. Modern education tends to be utilitarian, that is, concerned most with usefulness, with economic advantage, with production. Classical education has always been aimed at forming a certain type of person, a free man. Now, classical methods can be employed for utilitarian ends, and they often are. After all, they work. When we take classical methods and use them in order to get good test scores, in hopes that our children will get good jobs, or in order to get into a prestigious college, then we are actually pursuing the ends of modern, and not classical, education. When we react against this utilitarian version of a person, where the goal is all about how much money is earned, then we tend to speak of things like character training. We're tempted to toss out the methods that we were using that left us smart but critical when it was our aim and not the methods that were the problem. We don't need to abandon structure or high standards in order to focus on character, although we are right to swing the pendulum in that direction. One's soul is more important than one's resume. But there is a third option, classical methods paired with classical aims. And the aim of classical education throughout the ages has always been virtue. Virtue has its roots in the Latin word for man, vir. To the Romans, it meant moral excellence, all the characteristics of a valiant warrior, a good citizen, and an upstanding statesman. When we seek knowledge, we seek truth, and if we seek truth, it is only consistent if we also live truth, if we live according to what is true. Karen Glass, author of Consider This, Charlotte Mason and the Classical Tradition, explains, quote, We must learn to see knowledge as they saw it, a way of understanding the world, discovering a just course of action, and using those intellectual skills of language in the service of active virtue. Education in antiquity was never separated from the larger purpose of forming a virtuous person. Indeed, Plato identified virtue, or desiring and acting rightly, as the main aim of education, which is the pursuit of truth. Quote, 
Education is teaching our children to desire the right things, quoted in The Great Tradition. Our knowledge, actions, and desires are all bundled up together and should be aiming toward truth, goodness, and beauty. That is harmony, morality, virtue. This view of the purpose of education continued through the Middle Ages as the Church undertook the education and civilization of Europe. Because moral excellence was the aim of classical educators, their methods and philosophy could be readily transformed into the Christian era. After all, if virtue means an excellent man, is not Christ the epitome of the excellent man? And are we not to become more Christ-like? So the aim of education, virtue, transitioned into Christian education. I love this excerpt from a letter Charlemagne wrote in the 8th century about education reforms that he had enacted. Quote, Those who seek to please God by living aright should also not neglect to please him by right speaking. We have often received letters from different monasteries, though in themselves most just, were expressed in uncouth language. And while pious devotion dictated the sentiments, the unlettered tongue was unable to express them aright. And we all know that though verbal errors be dangerous, errors of the understanding are yet more so. We exhort you, therefore, not only not to neglect the study of letters, but to apply yourselves thereto with perseverance and with that humility which is well-pleasing to God. Quoted from The Great Tradition. In this excerpt, we see that knowledge, understanding, expression, and devotion are all tied up together and cannot be separated. They all build on and affect the others. To become more full in any one of these areas, one must strive faithfully in them all. Studying matters. How one study matters. Character is built in and on study. Study is made complete in humility and charity. Centuries later, John Milton, in a treatise on education, said the same thing. Quote, the end, then, of learning is to repair the ruins of our first parents by regaining to know God aright, and out of that knowledge to love him, to imitate him, to be like him, as we may the nearest by possessing our souls of true virtue, which, being united to the heavenly grace of faith, makes up the highest perfection. The aim of education is to know God better, and the more we know God, the more we love and obey him. So what is virtue? We were created whole and perfect, and we have an innate desire to seek that which has been lost. Growing in knowledge and understanding is part of growing in virtue, toward growing in sanctification, that is, becoming more Christ-like. All the world testifies of God's glory, and so it is good for us to learn of God through scripture, of God through his creation, and of God through his image bearers and the story that he's working in history. As Irenaeus has said, the glory of God is the man fully alive. Learning is one way to become more fully alive. To be virtuous, however, we must be diligent, persevering in the midst of adversity. Virtue isn't a magic trait that smooths paths and makes life soft and easy. Rather, the opposite is more true. Virtue is forged in the furnace of trial, temptation, and difficulty. You can't have courage without fear. You can't have patience without irritation. You can't have self-control without warring desires. Virtue is a fruit that God grows in us through adversity. So even the small temptations to cry over math, to skim an assignment rather than reading to know, to play instead of write, are opportunities to exercise our virtue muscles. 
And praise God, the strength to follow through comes from Christ and not ourselves. The more we lead our children through their struggles so that they can grow stronger rather than feeling like failures because the struggle exists, the more we will find peace and rest in our souls, even amidst the petty troubles of daily home life. And now it's time for this season's Simple Sanity Saver. A morning prep sheet. What's on my prep sheet? A morning prep sheet is an attitude focusing tool. It's simple and straightforward and might even seem silly, but it's effective. Try it, I dare you. Here is one of my favorites from the conviction prep sheet that I created for the second module of the art of homeschooling. We should be taught not to wait for inspiration to start a thing. Action always generates inspiration. Inspiration seldom generates action. Frank Tybalt. When I read this, and maybe even copy it, I am reminded that it doesn't matter whether I feel like starting the school day or not. It's what I need to do. Start, and the inspiration follows. Sometimes, anyway. It doesn't matter if I feel like doing the dishes or folding the laundry. It doesn't matter if I feel like exercising. It's in the middle of choosing to do the right thing instead of the convenient thing that I actually do feel good and become inspired to keep going. Instead of letting my momentary desires dictate my path, I can make a conscious decision that will change my trajectory, and that trajectory will increase my inspiration and my productivity. If an attitude and motivation readjustment is what you need, check out The Art of Homeschooling five-step program for weary, overwrought homeschool moms. Download your own free prep sheet at simplyconvivial.com slash audio and use the discount code podcast to get $10 off the art of homeschooling. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also hit the share button on the show notes and share this episode with your Facebook friends. At simplyconvivial.com slash audio, you can find all the episodes and the free morning prep sheet. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat. Repent.